0: This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com.
1: On the phone we have a gentleman. I remember playing with the Braves in the late 70s, early 80s. He was a power-hitting third baseman. Him and Dale Murphy were a powerful one-two punch. Former Atlanta Brave Bob Horner. How are you doing today, Mr. Horner?
0: I'm doing wonderful, thank you.
1: I remember you playing with the Braves back then, and you and Dale Murphy, I mean, I don't think there was one any better one-two punch in the National League at that time.
0: Well, I mean there were some there were some pretty good, you know, uh uh, uh hitters and, and long ball hitters, you know, the Schmidts and the and the uh you know Stargels and the uh you know the Says and, and, and you know so there were you know there were a number of them out there, yeah, for sure.
1: I see that you uh were born in Kansas but grew up in Arizona. Was ASU your first choice for
0: college? Well, at, at, uh, I was born in Kansas. My folks moved away when I was very young, uh, you know, a couple of months old. So uh I am born there and from there, but uh, I kind of grew up in Southern California in the Orange County area. And uh, uh ASU was just literally across the street uh, or across the street, meaning across town. I lived in Glendale and ASU was in Tempe and they were the, you know, the best college uh, baseball team in the country uh, at the time. And uh, and it just seemed like a perfect fit for my folks to see the games and whatnot. So it worked out great.
1: I mean, ASU, I mean, back in the day you had Rick Monday, Reggie Jackson, and then around the time you played, a little before, Bump Wills, Floyd Bannister. It seemed like you had a virtual all-star team there.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, that's the uh, the uh, bounty of, of of being a very good team um is that you recruit, recruit well um, um, and not to say that sometimes when you recruit the, the the players don't turn out like you'd like but you know we had the uh one of the top two or three programs in the country so we got our kind of our pick if if so to speak of of the players out there
1: what was your college coach like
0: well coach brock um was my coach when I was there? He uh, uh, took over for Bobby Winkles, who uh, left for the professional uh, baseball. And um, coach Coach Brock was a hard nosed guy. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he demanded perfection and expected perfection. And uh, um, you know, and uh, you know, kids uh, in that era they needed that, you know, because that was kind of the beginning of, of a lot of bad things that have gone on not that they haven't been here for years drugs and you know um all the different things that are out there and so you know you kind of need in my opinion you kind of need somebody like that to kind of keep you on the straight and narrow
1: you weren't a prototypical second baseman though i mean you were hitting 58 home runs which was a done record usually you think of a second baseman as a fielder not a power hitter
0: well i came out of uh of apollo high school on the west side and uh uh, when I was uh, signed and, uh, uh, you know, went out on the field, you know, we had an established shortstop at the time, uh, Maddox, and then um, um, and uh, Mike Henderson, and uh, the need at the time was for a second baseman, so, you know, uh, uh, shortstop was, was pretty full, and you know, so they took a shot at me at, at second base. And uh, so I played my freshman year at second and then, uh, or excuse me, my freshman year at shortstop, actually. And then my sophomore year, I played second base, um, the year we won the national championship. And then uh, my junior year, I actually played third base. So I covered all the middle infield, uh, you know, in, in three years.
1: What was it like winning that national championship?
0: Well, as a, as a young kid, there's 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 nothing like it. I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's kind of really hard to put into words. I mean, you, just like every other, you know, uh, student athlete, you know, you put in your blood and guts on the field, and, and uh, you know, more often than not, it doesn't work out where you get that far, and for us, it was a, you know, a dream, and a dream come true, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world.
1: And you didn't have a bad series either being named the MVP.
0: No, I mean yeah, it just everything has to come together. I don't care how good of a team you have, you know, or how good of a coach you have uh or coaches you have, you know, it's just gotta all come together at the right time and uh and it did for us.
1: What was the key to your guys'
0: success? Oh, I just think we were a team more than anything else. I mean, you know, when you play as a team and you, and you bleed as a team, you know, uh, sometimes the individual accolade come along, but, but, you know, our goal, uh, and this sounds trite, I know, but our goal was not, you know, to, uh, you have a bunch of, of, of big individual stats. I mean, our goal was to win every game we played, and we played like that, and, uh, and along the way, you know, guys on that team did have a lot of great stats, you know, the UB Brookses and the Chris Bandos and the Floyd Bannisters and I mean I the list goes is long and endless. Um but you know, along the way guys have great stats, but that's just part and parcel to winning.
1: I know my uncle tried out for the team at that time and he said he didn't see a guy ever who threw the ball as hard as Floyd Bannister did back then.
0: Well Floyd was uh Floyd was one of a kind. I, you know, when I went there, um, you know, um, every place you go, you know, little league, then to high school, then to college, then to professional, it gets a little bit better. And then the leap from high school to college was, was a huge leap. And, uh, and getting back to Floyd, I mean, Floyd just had this easy, you know, uh, motion and the ball just exploded out of his hand and, and it was, uh, you know uh, I hate even to say it but it was kind of boring playing behind him because nobody ever hit the ball
1: and my uncle said he was pitching you one time he said you hit the ball so far he looked he goes you know what I'm I'm overmatched here and he quit the team he goes because these guys are a lot better than I am
0: well you know I think it's a product of what you come from and the expectations on 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 the kids I mean you know, in that situation, you either flourish or you, you wither. You know, um, you either make up your mind that this is something that you want to do, and even if you do that, that's no guarantee. But uh, you got to just kind of, you know, cinch up your belt and realize that hey, this is what it's going to be, and uh, and then just make hey.
1: When you got drafted by Atlanta with the first pick in the draft, did you see it coming?
0: Oh, I think. You know, as a player, I didn't worry about stuff like that. And, and again, this all sounds, you know, canned, but it, but it is true. You know, you really don't think about it. I mean, you know, I was playing. I had a job to do on the field, and 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 my teammates depended upon them as I depend on me as I depended upon them, and uh, all this other stuff. It's just, again, it's just a part of the process and uh, you know people had said hey you know Atlanta's looking at you or the you know uh, uh, uh Mets are looking at you or whoever and you know that's great that's wonderful um but at the, you know you you will deal with that when the time comes
1: at least you were smart enough not to play football at ASU for Frank Cush back then
0: <laughs> well we they did actually have some very good football teams and Frank was a hell of a coach uh um you know, uh, uh, my sport was baseball. There was no question about it. I played all the rest of these sports and enjoyed them all. But uh, you kind of figure out real quick where your talents lie.
1: So Frank didn't try to grab you and say, I want to make you a football player, running back or half No, he was, he, he was a smart man. <laughs> you were smart not getting that bull ring because those players, they hated it, the Curly Culps. And the, Reggie Jackson walked off the team. He couldn't handle the pressure.
0: Well, I mean again, uh, you know you, there's there's such high standards not only at ASU but of all these schools, and then that 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 expectation spills over onto the kids. And sometimes you wonder, we wonder, you know if it's too much, but let's face it, you know, um, there is no minor league in football. The minor league in football is college, and these kids are stepping right off the college campus and being expected to do you know uh, you know all-star, uh uh performances every do- every night. So there is a lot of pressure and uh, you know, you just have to deal with it.
1: When the Braves drafted you, did you know you were gonna skip the minor leagues and go right up to the big club?
0: No, that was kind of a last minute thing. Um um the Braves at the time were were, were not doing very well and uh, you know, they were about, oh uh, about about halfway through their uh, season, and I was done with mine, and uh, you know, um, and the, the suggestion was made, you know, well, why don't you know throw him out there and see what happens, you know? I mean, at the time, we really they had nothing to lose. I mean, um, and what the worst thing that could happen is I didn't do very good, and they just put me on a bus and send me back to Double A or something. So um, there was really no risk. Um, you know, on their part, uh, and no real risk on my part. You know, I'm just going to go out and do the best I can. And it just all worked out.
1: That first game, when you hit that home run off Burt Blylevin, did you think to yourself, you know what, this is just like playing in the uh, ASU in college?
0: Well, well, it calms you down. You certainly know you're not in college anymore. I mean, that's, you know, the college thing is over and done with. Uh, You know, when you step out in that cathedral and there's 50, 60, 70,000 seats in these stadiums, I mean, you realize real quick that you're not in uh, Kansas anymore. And, uh, uh, and yeah, I think that just helped to, to just calm me down and just, you know, realize that, you know, good things, if you're patient, you know, good things will happen. And, and that's, it was just kind of a, everything was just moving so fast at the time. It's just kind of a way of just kind of calming down.
1: And then, I mean, you play, what, two-thirds of a season, you get the rookie of the year. You must have thought to yourself, you know what, if I could keep this going, I could be one of the all-time greats.
0: Well, you know, (laughs) you always want to perform at the highest level you possibly can. And, you know, certainly when you're young, you know, you have stars in your eyes and you envision all these wonderful things happening to you. And, you know, and they did. I mean, I certainly would have liked to have played longer. I certainly would have liked to have have put up, you know, uh, playing longer means better stats and whatnot. But, you know, you, you're, you're dealt a hand and you play it the best you can. And uh, and I wouldn't trade one second of, of, of uh, life in the big leagues and with the Braves and the Cardinals and whatnot. I wouldn't trade one second of it.
1: What was it like when Bobby Cox took over as manager?
0: Well, see, Coxie was my manager when I got there. Bobby was my manager when I got to Atlanta. He was our manager 78-9 and 80 and 81, and then Joe Torre came in after that. So Bobby was my first manager uh, my first three-and-a-half years in the big leagues.
1: Did you see his true genius when he was managing you?
0: Oh, you, you, uh, of course. I mean, you, you saw sparks of, 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 uh, you know, brilliance all over the place. But, you know, he was like us. I mean, w well, you know, you kind of learn as you go. And you, you know, the, the longer you do it, the smarter you get, you know. And, uh, uh, and Bobby turned out to be one of the all-time greats. So, uh, you know, I think even he would tell you that, that it was, it's a learning process. And, uh, you know, he learned as he went, just as we learned as we went. So.
1: Was Ted Turner actively involved in the day to day management of the team, or did he let the GM and the manager run the team?
0: Uh, you saw let's put it this way. you saw a lot more of Ted back then um, than you would ever if he showed up a whole bunch my first three or four or five years, and then he you know I, I think at that point he realized there's a lot of people out there that can do this. And have a genius for this, uh, and and that I uh, I need to let them do it, um, and so uh, you know, and Ted, you know, he all he wanted to do was win, you know, that's all. I mean, if if you're going to criticize the man, criticize him for just wanting to win, and he wanted to win at everything he ever did, and he did. So uh, you know, I have nothing but admiration and respect for Ted Turner. Did being on a
1: superstation help? the Braves popularity because back then the only teams that were on super stations were the Cubs and Braves.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, it was kind of uh, interesting when I would open up my mail, you know, when I would get back to the stadium off the road and, and start going through it. I mean, I would have letters from Hawaii and Alaska and, you know, all over the planet. And I'm thinking to myself, here we are in this little corner in Atlanta, Georgia, You know, and I'm getting this mail. Well, you you hit the nail on the head. It was because of the superstation. It was because cable back then was in its infancy, and if you wanted to watch a game, either watch the Cubs on WGN or you watch the Braves. uh, You know, on you know, I mean, uh, WOR was was is that the Yankees or the Cubs? WOR I think was a Yankees. Yeah, WGN Braves and then the Cubs was another. So, I mean, you were very limited choices. With you and
1: Dale Murphy being the leaders of that team, did the other players look up to you to basically say, you know what, you got to lead us to a championship?
0: You know, they may have. You know, you'd have to ask them. You know, I know Dale, um, you know, very well, and, and you know, Dale was uh, – uh you know like me meaning that that you know you, you you there's there's really nothing you can say you you lead by example or try to anyway and uh you know all the rah rah speeches and stuff there's a place and a time for those but but day in and day out it's just you know you 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 bust your butt and you hope some of that rubs off and some of it rubs off on you as well
1: how did the brave's change when uh, joe Torrey took over
0: well joe was just a different you know he was just a different person, a different uh, uh um mentality, so to speak, than Bobby. you know everybody has their way. Chuck Tanner had his way, you know Joe had his way uh Bobby had his way. all the great managers you know have their way of getting their message across to their guys and and that's not to say any of them are right or wrong. it's just their way and Joe was a very much of a player's manager, um, you know, uh, like Bobby played the game at the highest level and, and, you know, had a, the utmost respect, uh, for the game. And, you know, you felt that from him and, uh, you know, he was a guy that you could just sit and go have lunch with and, and, uh, you know, just one of the guys kind of deal. But when it, when, when the, when the, uh, you got in a field that that changed a little bit, but but Joe was a was a was a good guy. He's still a good friend, and uh, he deserves everything he gets.
1: I remember when the Braves would play the Cubs. We had Cubs season tickets, and we were right along where the pitchers warmed up. And Bob Gibson was your pitching coach for a while with the Braves. And that guy, I don't think he ever smiled. Was he that? Was he that scary to players?
0: Bob, Bob is 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 a. Uh, a, a classic intimidator, and and I think he would chuckle a little bit. I know Bob, and I've had the good fortune of of, of playing on uh, uh, a team where he was one of the coaches, um, um, and that's just his persona. That's the way he was. He was the hardest nosed, you know, sucker you ever met in your life um, when it came to to being on the field and getting his job done. But he's a, he's a, deep down he's a little bit of a softy. Um, he'd never admit that. He'd call me he call me <laughs> a liar right to my face. But but Gibby was a good guy, and you could you could ask him a lot of things that a lot of people don't don't have the background to be able to answer. And that was that was that was nice having that that person like that around. Did you ever pitch your guys' batting practice? Oh yeah, I mean he threw he threw batting practice from time to time. Oh yeah, he was, you know that you just you were a little bit nervous about hitting one hard because you might get knocked down. But other than that, I mean,
1: so I mean he wasn't afraid to brush it back if he felt that you were showing off. <laughs> he, he
0: he would never do it to hurt you, uh, but he would just throw it and he would just kind of stand there and look at you. And you got it and he got it and you just went about your business.
1: I mean, because even when he was coached, he was still solid as a rock, and he was intimidating even then.
0: Oh, don't, he was as tough a competitor as there ever was.
1: But you mentioned that you had some injuries when you were playing. How hard was it to come back from those injuries each time?
0: Well, it just it just becomes mind numbing. I mean, you 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 go through one. And then you go through another one and, and it's like, okay, now, you know, I've kind of uh, went through the force and now I'm going to see the other side. And then, you know, you play a year or two and then whammo, you get struck by, you break your wrist or some stupid thing. And and it's just like you, you just never, in baseball or in other sports, you just never have a chance to heal. you got to play. You know those little injuries that that get you can get treatment for in other sports you can't in baseball because you know you, they need you on the field and I get that and and that's what your job was to do and uh, you know but those little injuries and those dings and those broken bones and stuff they add up after a while and uh, and uh, you know there's nothing you can do about them I mean you're not trying to go out there and get hurt. But uh, but they happen, and like I said, hey, if you start thinking like that, then, you know, uh, you drive yourself crazy. So, like I said, I wouldn't trade one second I ever uh, had in, in baseball for anything in the world.
1: What was it like when you guys finally made it to the playoffs?
0: Oh, just reaching a dream and a pinnacle. I mean, you know, the Braves had, had – uh, had not won anything in about thirteen or fourteen years, if my memory's correct, and uh, and just the crowd, the people in Atlanta, the excitement around the area. I mean, uh, the excitement on the team and the coaches. Just you know, it almost this is going to sound you know, it was almost like playing college again. I mean, you've got that 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 feeling that this is all about us, not about him or him or him or him. It's about us. And uh, and it was just a, kind of a culmination of a lot of frustration.
1: When you finally became a free agent in 87 and they had the collusion where you couldn't get a contract, Andre Dawson basically to beg the Cubs to give him a contract, how hard was it on you?
0: Well, you don't, you didn't know what was going on. I mean, you did, but you didn't. I mean, you didn't know what people were going to do. You didn't know where you were going to be. Not to mention the fact you got families and small children, and and you know, are you going to be in Seattle? Or are you going to be in Atlanta? Or are you going to be in Chicago? I mean, there are just so many things that people don't realize that that are are part and parcel to that whole thing, you know. And one person would say, "Well, you know, you guys make all you know make all this money, and you know, you should you know uh, be able to handle that." That should well. You know, when it comes to your family, things change a little bit, and uh, and uh, so just getting it all over with and getting back on the field was was just you know. And, as a Matter of fact, '87 I was in Japan, so. Um, uh, but uh, there, there's just so many things that are involved in that that uh, were up in the air. So it was great. It was it was good finally getting all that mess over with.
1: Did anyone offer you a contract in '87, or were you forced to go play in Japan?
0: Well, I mean, you were getting you were getting um, uh, if you were getting anything, and you know, more more often than not, the teams wouldn't even talk to you. And you, you know, you like you said, you mentioned the Dawsons and the Reigns and the Rich Gedmans and guys like that. You know, you who have had all star years and had all star years and weren't even getting a phone call. And so you knew something was up, but, uh, but, uh, you know, um, yes, very frustrating. Uh, and, and the contracts you were getting offered were like, uh, next to nothing. I mean, just basically just come show up and see if you make the team kind of, kind of contract. So, you know, uh, and then Japan came along and that was that.
1: What was it like in Japan?
0: Oh, you don't have enough time. <laughs>
1: was it kind of like the movie with Tom You don't like, have
0: any idea.
1: <laughs> was it like the movie with Tom Selleck when he's playing in Japan, Mr. Baseball?
0: Oh, I, I would say this to you. The first half of that movie is pretty accurate. The last half of the movie is just um, making a movie, if that makes any sense to you. I mean, the first if, uh... half is is roughly based on the truth. Not 100%, but but roughly based on the truth. The last half of the movie is, is just a movie. It has nothing to do with real life.
1: When you came back with the Cardinals, did you think to yourself, you know what, the Cardinals are a storied franchise. I think I have a chance to contribute and maybe go to a World Series with them.
0: No, I mean... I- well, yeah, I mean, certainly things like that do cross your mind. But when I got back from Japan, it was it was OK. Let's make some phone calls and see what's going on out there, because the last time you went through this, there wasn't anything going on. So there were no preconceived notions about about the off season in uh, in, the, in the fall of 88 um, or 87, excuse me, because um, you had no idea what you were what to expect.
1: How did you know when it was time to call it a career?
0: Oh, it just got to the point where your 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 brain is your body's sending these signals to your brain that's saying, "Hey, man, this hurts," and uh, you know, uh, I I was sick of being in training rooms and sick of going to doctors and sick of having operations, and uh, it just it, it was it was just the time, and I knew it. Um, I just. It's a hard thing to do. I mean, anybody that's ever stepped down from anything will tell you it's a hard thing to do. But, uh, you know, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, and I wanted to go out on my terms, and I did.
1: What was it like when you found out you were in the inaugural class for the Baseball Hall of Fame for college?
0: Well, I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere, really, because there was no college baseball Hall of Fame. And, uh, I started getting phone calls, uh from some of the people who were setting this whole thing up and, uh, and, uh, kind of kept me in the loop as all this developed. Um, and, uh, it's turned into something pretty special right now. So to be in the first class was with uh, guys like uh Rod Dato and Bobby Winkles and, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, th- th- those type of players, uh, Gustafson out of Texas, you know, I mean, it was real special. It was special for my family to be able to be there, too.
1: Who was the toughest pitcher you went up against?
0: Oh, there, there's not one. There's a whole bunch. I mean, you know, any of these guys are great pitchers. You know, the Carltons and the Seavers and the, you know, uh gibsons and the, you know i mean they're they're incredible talents and uh and uh when they're on their game you know they're very very difficult to hit and uh so any one of those guys J R richard out of houston comes to mind uh, uh you know when they're on their game they're tough I mean, and every one of them, I mean, they didn't play that long and win, the, win all those games because they were, you know, so-so pitchers. So any one of those guys, and, and that's leaving out a whole bunch, could uh, be as difficult as the next guy if they're on.
1: What do you think your best game was ever?
0: Well, personally, it would be the four-home run game. Um, team-wise, it was finally clinching 82 uh, and won in the National League West.
1: When you hit those four home runs in that game, was there something that was different in that game than any others? or Was it just sheer luck?
0: Uh, I mean, there was nothing different. It was just a hot, sticky Sunday afternoon, and uh, I mean, you know, you, you have no idea that something like that's going to happen to you. So uh, to say that 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 you did, it would be a lie. Um, it uh, just, you know, looking for the right pitches in the right spots, and you know, and getting them, and then hitting them. So, I mean, it just—it's you know, a lot of it's luck.
1: Another great show we had today with uh, Hall of Famer Earl Campbell and former Atlanta Brave Bob Horner. I'm David Spade, along with Elliot Harris, and thanks again for listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.